Good morning, church. How many of you have been blessed by uh, TCAS bringing us music this morning? Let's give them another big round of applause there. They did a great job, the skit, the music, the recitations, great stuff. I feel proud of our school this, this morning, don't you? In a good way, you know. It's Christmas, right? I mean... Isn't Christmas getting, like, really complicated? Like, doesn't it, like, every year gets a little bit more complicated? You know what I'm talking about, right? If you're a young couple, I need you to really pay attention to this, right? Because cause this is good advice. Some of us who are older, we, we know what it's like. But, but Christmas is so complicated. You have to find the perfect tree, and then you have presents to pick. Then you got to find a parking spot, right, so that you don't have to walk too far, then there's like family dynamics to navigate. If you experienced this, last year you were with his family. This year you're with my family. You know, that kind of a thing. Somebody's going to be mad. And it's worse for guys. I want you to understand this. Ladies, please be patient with us when we ask the question. We're not asking it to ruin the spirit. Uh, but but, but and, and sometimes we're just stupid. I'm just, just telling you that right now. We pull up in the driveways, the folks you're visiting, and and timing is everything, guys. You know you shouldn't ask, but there's this thing inside of you that says, you know, clarity equals being a better guest, and so it just kind of comes out. You can't can't help it, and you say, I've done this mistake many times. So, honey, before we get out, how long are we going to be here? I'm not trying to rush, but the perimeters will help me be more relaxed when I'm there, you know. If I know how much time, you know, we're going to be there. Uh, in our family, as a young couple, uh, we skipped all of this. Nancy was very organized, and she's very smart. And my family at that time lived in New York, and her family lived in Maryland. I lived in Pennsylvania. We lived in Pennsylvania. So she said, you know, we're going to split the holidays. Sometimes we'll be with your family and sometimes in my family. And she says, you know, I'll work on it. Don't worry about it, okay? And so I said, great. This is easy, right? And so she came back with the list, and uh, pretty much this is what it came out to. Nancy's family got Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, and we got Groundhog Day, Earth Day, St. Patrick's Day, because, you know, every Italian must have it, St. Patrick's Day, and Fourth of July, you know? That was... That was, that, was, that was her plan, and it was great. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. That's, she didn't do that. Well, we, we were pretty good about trying to mix that up a little bit. Uh, one more thing, though, this whole gift-giving thing. You know, do you know where that comes from, right? This is from the wise men uh, that came and brought gifts to Jesus. You remember that? We talked about it in our Sabbath school this morning. If we analyze the words of the account theologically, carefully, we discover an important yet often overlooked theological fact. And that is this, that when they gave those gifts, there was no mention of wrapping paper. Have you noticed that? Nothing. It's not like, you know, Mary had to unwrap the gift, you know, baby Jesus is, you know, doing something. No, there's just, these guys are just bringing these gifts and they're already unwrapped. And this is because the people giving those gifts had two very important characteristics. All we know about them is that they were wise 
and they were what? Men. That's it. That's, men do not understand the point of wrapping gifts because it's just a lot of money for something that then you're going to have to unwrap and it looks really, you know, it's, at that point, what do you do with all that wrapping? But now some of you guys are really a little bit, you know, it bothers me a little bit. You have to like save the paper for next year. If you're going to wrap it, man, let people just go at it. You know what I'm saying? And then just throw it away. How many of you have already uh, done all your Christmas shopping? <laughs> There's about four of you. I want you to come up. I want to pray for you right now. <laughs> this, is, this is a little scary for me. I remember, uh, you, you, you can always tell when I'm wrapping something because it looks terrible. I just never got the hang of it. Uh, I remember my mom one day, she had hurt her back some years ago. And she wanted this reclining chair, this lazy boy reclining chair. And she started dropping hints in September. And she would say, you know, I'm looking for the bigger box. Uh, Christmas, a bigger box, you know. And we're like, oh, no, we know what she wants, you know. And my dad got us all together, and we all chipped in. My dad, of course, paid most of it. And, and, and that Christmas Eve, we always opened our gifts Christmas morning, Christmas Eve, uh, my dad asked me to help him wrap the bigger box. <laughs> and uh, man, it took us hours to finally make it look like there was something on this. Never had, we didn't have enough paper. There's like pieces of the upholstery sticking out and stuff, you know. But I'll never forget the time that day when my mom walked down the steps and she's saying, oh, the bigger box, the bigger box. And then she comes downstairs and she goes, ah, the bigger box. And she just ripped the whole thing about it and she sat down. Just this, this kind of relief of the hope that was inside of her to get this gift. Have you ever hoped for something for a long time and doubt if it would ever happen? We've been going through a series called through the eyes of God. And today I want to talk to you about timing through the eyes of God. Have you ever hoped for something? I've been in a fantasy football team for 18 years. I have yet to win a Super Bowl. I'm close this year, but I know I won't. <laughs> have you ever hoped for something? I want to talk to you about God's timing. You know, one of the things that I noticed uh, when the uh, brass group was here. Do you remember the brass group? They were, they were up here. Uh, Brendan, where are you? I don't see him. Is he here? There he is. At one point he goes, okay, one, two, three. You know, he counts them off, right? And then, then they start playing. And then he's going like this. But he's, he's the only one. Because he knows that he's got to keep what? Timing. Right? And that timing kept them all together. I love that. That was really cool. You know, uh, I don't think we realize how important timing is. And one of the things that if you're a member of this church, you've heard me say many, many times, I believe God is the greatest drummer that ever lived because his timing is perfect. How about, what, how about you? What do you think? So I want to talk to you about a story about a guy that was waiting and waiting and waiting for God. This story is found in Luke chapter 2. Uh, I'll put it up here. It says here, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. And this is what it says. It says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Some of you here have been like Simeon. 
Some of you are waiting for the consolation of Israel. For some here, it looks like waiting for that job to open up. And you've been praying and waiting and saying, God, please. For some of you, it's, God, please show me what career I'm supposed to get into. For some of you that are younger, you're probably wondering, you know, what college do I go to, God? You know, and you're waiting and you're just waiting for that consolation. You're waiting patiently. Some here are waiting to meet the right person. You keep praying and you keep hoping. Is it he? Is it her? And you're praying, and, you're, and some of you feel like, you know, I'm, I'm getting old now. <laughs> you know, and, uh, when's it going to happen? For some here, you're praying and waiting for a family member. Maybe it's a son or a sibling or an uncle or an aunt, a nephew, someone that you can't, you've just been praying and hoping that somehow they can find their way to God and you've been praying for years and you wonder does God ever going to answer this prayer some of you in this room have been waiting for a long long time some of you have been raised all your life being told that Jesus was coming soon and you've been waiting patiently for the consolation of Israel and you're here, and you're praying, and you're waiting, and you're saying, is this really ever going to happen? Or are we just playing church? Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and it says here that the Holy Spirit was on him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. I love this. The Holy Spirit is already at work here, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in this child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required. And Simeon took him in the arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have what? Promised. You can now dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, it's saying, I can die now, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have what? Prepared. This is an important word. Prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Amen? So, in other words, what Simeon was saying is, I've been waiting and waiting, and you have promised me that I would not die until I saw him. And you prepared this moment. You prepared this day until finally it has happened, and I am holding the salvation. of. Can you imagine being Simeon at that moment? Can you imagine the emotions that, that were just coming out? Because he didn't even care about dying. This one was like, just, okay, now you can kill me, God. I'm all right with this, you know, because I have seen the salvation for Israel. How cool was that moment? There was something that Simon recognized, and that is that God has perfect timing. To the watchmaker, perfect timing means atomic accuracy. To the businessman, it means determining the critical moment for the biggest earning potential. To the musician, it's the harmonious blend of notes flawlessly synchronized by perfect rhythm. 
to the drummer as knowing when to keep beat, when to do the fills, when to play loud, when to play soft. Perfect timing. To the athlete, it's the perfect combination of pace, speed, agility. They instinctively know the right moment to pass, to throw, to hit the ball. In a military setting, perfect timing is sending in the crack troops at the most effective opportunity, that pinnacle moment when you send in the reinforcement. In a good story, all of you read books, you've all have seen good movies, perfect timing is when the villain is about to chant victory song, but the hero marches in and drops the entire evil plan. Have you seen those? That's like the, why is it that story is told over and over and, and every time? It's like, oh, wow, it happened. Yeah, you know, we know what's going to happen. Don't we? Am I the only one? I must have watched too many 007 movies, you know, where the evil guy says, this is the thing I'm going to do to you, you know. It's like, yeah, okay. We know how this is going to end, right? All of us at some time or another have experienced those moments. Those moments when in our lives, in the nick of time, in the nick of time moments, something happened just right, just at the right time. Any, anything from maybe lifting a hot iron before you scorch the brand new pants to pulling dogs, babies, or irreplaceable out of a fire or out of water or something. We've all heard of historic events of battles won when the cavalry arrived just in the nick of time. It sends chills up our spine when we read about those stories. It's like, how did they know just the right time? Hollywood has capitalized on this theme, hasn't it? I mean, how many of you have seen Indiana Jones make it just through that tunnel just at the right time or miss that big rolling ball just at the right time? But the greatest, most awesome in the nick of time moment is found in the Bible, and it's what caused Simeon to just be absolutely, totally thrilled. We find it in Galatians. It says, but when what? The fullness of the time had come. Some of you guys are waiting. And you're wondering if God even cares, if he even knows. But I want to tell you something right now. God's timing is perfect. Paul in Galatians says, when the fullness of the time had come. But God, why haven't you answered this, this prayer yet? When the fullness of the time had come. God, when is the fullness of the time? Don't worry, that's my thing. That's what God says. You just be faithful. Stay with me. Because when the fullness of the, God, the time had come, God sent forth his son. That's what we are celebrating this, this, this Christmas. You understand that, right? Because we don't have no idea when he was born. We know it wasn't even December 25, but it doesn't matter. The hope is that when we've Whatever day we've chosen to say this is the day we're going to celebrate his birthday, it reminds us that God's timing is perfect. When the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions as sons. God came to earth to be like one of us, so that he could lift us to heavenly realms. That just blows my mind. 
The word time here is the word chronos. And chronos is where we get the word chronology from. It's the orderly progression of events. When everything follows the proper sequence. And it is exactly right. Just perfect timing. How many of you sat in school right before the bell rang? There was like five minutes left. And you watched that clock. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Last week I talked about this one clock that was mechanical and we would take erasers and throw it at it so that it would skip minutes, right? And then there was this other word. This is found in Romans. And hope does not disappoint us. See, that bigger box is going to come one day. Hope does not disappoint us. One day you will find the right job. You stay faithful. One day you will know exactly what to do, who to marry, who to be with, what endeavor you should be involved in. You will know one day that son, that daughter, you keep praying, you'll never know. God is answering your prayer right now. And at the fullness of the time, he's going to do what he's got to do. Trust him. One day, Jesus is going to come, just like he came the first time. Do you believe it? No, I mean, like, see, that, that was so weak. I mean, do you believe it? Do you believe that Jesus is coming one day soon? Do you believe that? I mean, this is, what, this is what the Christmas is all about, really. It's reminding us that God's timing is perfect, and if he came the first time, he's coming again the second time. Why? Because he promised it. And just like Simeon said, like you promised, Lord, this is my promise to you, God says. I will come again. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right, what? Time. I love this. At just the right time when we were still powerless Christ died for the ungodly. He did that on purpose. This word time is a little different than the word chronos. This word is kairos. This word actually means opportune time rather than chronological time. So Paul here is using a whole different word when he says just the right time. He's saying just at the opportune time. In other words, God was not only precisely ordering chronology to have Christ born at an exact moment in history, but was also being divinely opportunistic so that the Messiah would be born just in the nick of time. I like to use that during Christmas, in the nick of time. I don't know why. See, I think just in the nick of time is God's specialty. The difference between our nick of time moments and God's is that we are always surprised by our nick of time moments. But God is never surprised. You will never hear God say, well, I never saw that coming. <laughs> just, God just doesn't think that way. Because he's got it all perfectly. And he's so good at it, isn't he? And if you read your Bible, you know, when the fall of man all seemed lost, but in the nick of time, God comes looking for them and he gives them a plan. And then one day man is so sinful and it's about ready to destroy all the earth and God, in the nick of time, sends a flood and saves Noah and his family. 
Some years later, we hear about a guy named Joseph and all the things that happened to him. But in the nick of time, just when he needed it, God saves him and makes him second to Pharaoh. And years later after that, Pharaoh decreed to destroy all Hebrew babies. But in the nick of time, God saves little baby Moses. At just the right time, Boaz came back from Bethlehem. At just the right time, Esther was made queen. So much, the timing was so perfect that Mordecai actually says to to her, could it be that God put you here for what? Such a time as this. This is the opportune time right here. God is a master of timing. The world was culturally ready. By this time, Alexander the Great had been through and had made it so that that there was a universal language called Greek, and almost everybody in the civilized world spoke Greek. The world was politically ready. After Alexander, Octavius Caesar Augustus came into being, and he was very impressive, and he began to build all these roads so that the gospel, he didn't know this, but the reason was so that the gospel could be preached to all the world. How cool is that? And Luke picks up his pen and he writes, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed, and God used a pagan dictator and a pagan government and a pagan decree to make sure that Mary and Joseph made their journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem so that Christ would be born in Bethlehem just like the Bible said so. In the perfect timing. The world was spiritually ready. When Christ came to this earth the first time, humanity seemed to be fast reaching its very lowest point. The very foundations of society were becoming undermined. There was more corruption and more selfishness than people had ever experienced before. Life had become false and artificial. The church had become more and more destitute of the power of God's word, and it began and continued to give the world soul-deadening traditions and speculations. So the church just became something you just did, attended, but you were not part of the movement. Disgusted with fables and falsehood, men turned to infidelity and materialism, leaving eternity out of the picture. They just lived for the present, just for today. Relentless greed and absorbing ambition gave birth to universal distrust. This was the world that Christ came in the first time. Does it sound familiar to you? But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent his son. I was not born a Seventh-day Adventist. But 40 years ago, it sounds like a long time, and it is, <laughs> someone told me about Jesus told me about his second coming. And 40 years ago, I began to believe that Jesus is coming soon, and I still believe it. I just believe, because I'm a drummer, that God's timing is perfect. When the fullness of the time had come, at that critical, precise moment, God 
sent his son. I'll have the worship team come up as I finish here. I love this quote. There's, there's a quote in the book called The Desire of Ages, a book about the life of Jesus, extremely inspired. And in the book, the author writes these words, but like the stars in the vast circuit of the appointed path, God's purposes know no haste and no delay. Let me read that again because it's so powerful. Like the stars in the vast circuit of the appointed path, God's purposes know no haste and no delay. Do you believe that? So you keep on praying and you keep on being patient. How many times do we wonder if God really cares about our lives? I know there are people in here right now, they say it's one thing to, to say that God cares, but that his timing is perfect in our lives. I mean, could it really be that he's really that involved? Does he really have every one of my hair counted, or are they just saying that? See, I'm old-fashioned enough to believe that he means it. I'm old-fashioned enough to believe that that Jesus is coming back. And some of you are here because your children were here today and you, were, you came to hear them, and that's fantastic. Some of you are here because you come here every week. Have you ever asked yourself, what time is it in your life right now? Is it possible that whatever reason you thought you were here, that maybe you are here for such a time as this. Maybe he brought you here this morning for this very reason. Maybe you hadn't planned on it. You didn't realize it. Maybe you haven't even thought about it all. But just now, he brought you here just in the nick of time so that you can hear the music and you can hear the story and you could remember that God is faithful. See, I believe that. I believe that Christmas is to remind us that a child has been given us just in the nick of time. That the king is the king of our freedom just in the nick of time. That as we sing, we sing of the light of his glory just in the nick of time because we do have a savior. Do you believe that? then sing it like you mean it. And Merry Christmas.